Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, July the 21st, as we creep ever closer to the start of the Phillies Major League Baseball season in 2020. A a date that we have been waiting what seems like the longest of times for, and we are getting closer and closer to that moment as we are just a few days away. Thursday night, Major League Baseball will begin. The Yankees and the Nats will start the season off. Then the Dodgers and the Giants on Thursday night. We will get a couple of games of baseball. Then Friday, the Phillies... And the Miami Marlins will go at it down at Citizens Bank Park. Literally. Cannot wait. Super, super psyched. Uh, Coming up in a few, I'm going to give you some bold predictions for the Philadelphia Phillies in 2020. Some are super bold. Some are a little bit bold, but they are bold predictions and not necessarily expected to definitely come true, but... Use as a way to highlight some players I'm higher and lower on heading into the season first. Last night in New York, the Phillies played to a 2-2 tie with the New York Yankees. Not too much news out of it. Number one, first and foremost, Gene Segura gets hit by a pitch on the wrist. Was scary in the moment. Uh, It does look like he's going to be okay. Obviously, very close to opening day. You worry that maybe he could be slowed down a little bit. But um, reports are he will be okay. Fingers crossed on that one. That was a scary moment. Segura, an important part of this team, obviously. And if he could bounce back, it could be a... Major factor for this team. And then I think obviously the other big story, if you want to call it that, out of the night is that uh, Vinny V. <laughs> Vinny V. Five shutout, four hits, one walk, six strikeouts, only one earned run. Yet again. Yet again. Vincent Velasquez just keeps on dealing. Uh, uh, again. You know, I keep going with the fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, you know, sh- fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Thing with Velasquez, except we're at fool me five times or whatever, but, you know, what are you going to say? The guy keeps dealing. Look, Vinny Velasquez is going to be in the opening day rotation. It's uh, it's pretty clear at this point. And then, you know, with Wheeler potentially having to leave and, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with when they bring Howard up and all that. I would think sooner rather than later. We'll get to that in some bold predictions potentially as well. Um, but 
uh, Velasquez is going to get a shot, and if he keeps pitching well, he's going to continue to get shots. So who would have thunk it? 2020, the year of Vincent Velasquez. Is it real? I would be. Wouldn't it be, you know, that weird 60-game shortened season that is the most weird, unique season of all time that that's the year that – Velasquez pitches like an ace, right? That would be that would be truly something. It would be um hard to believe, but I'll take it. Trust me. I will take it. Uh, but look, I, I'm I'm not ready to to go all in on Vince Velasquez, as I said, especially when we've seen this happen time and time and time and time again. So, you know, I'm not I'm not ready to just go all in. Look, we've seen Velasquez look good in in Exhibition starts. We've seen him look really good at major league starts for even stretches of time, but um, I'm not going to believe it till I see it in real major league baseball games that matter for a extended period of time. But again, if you're if you're looking for hope, if you're if you're in the mood to be a glass half full type of person with Vincent Velasquez, which again I think has gotten beaten out of a lot of us, uh, but if you are of that mind, then I think you know you point to Brian Price and you say, hey. This is the first true blue, real deal, well-experienced, talented pitching coach that he has ever been with, and look what happened. You know, it's possible. Uh, I think Brian Price is the potential key if there is a Vincent Velasquez breakout. Um, again, though, I'm not there till I see it, but look, Vinny has been great. Looked great again last night. We'll see uh, when it starts to matter next week. Looks like he's going to be facing this exact same Yankees team at home uh, most likely, or excuse me, facing the Marlins uh, at home. You'd rather face the Marlins than the Yankees, I would think, if it's in game three. So um, Velasquez in the Mar- against the Marlins on Sunday, actually, is looking like where his uh, spot in the rotation will come up. So um, there you go. Vinny V, number three starter. All right, let's talk about some bold predictions. That would have been a bold prediction heading into the offseason. Vincent Velasquez will be the number three starter heading into 2020. That would have been a bold one. Um whether we can count on Vinny is still to be uh, still to be decided, but uh, ten bold predictions, and obviously I'm going to lean towards the optimism because that's who I am, and I'm an optimistic guy, and I'm excited about the Phillies, and I'm going to give seven positive bold predictions, three negative bold predictions. Let's start with a couple positives, then we'll knock the negatives out of the way, and then end with some positives. All right, here we go. Couple of uh, positive bold predictions for the Phillies this season. Again, later in the week we're going to actually predicting the record and where they finish and how the season plays out and that. But just in terms of players on the team, this is bold player predictions right now. And again, these are meant to be bold. So I meant I'm trying to go a little bit further with it than feels comfortable or feels normal or feels expected. But, um, you know, if, if, for instance, this is not a bold prediction, but the idea if I said Jay Bruce were to lead the Phillies in homers this year, if he came in second, I would still feel like that was a goal, good bold prediction, even if I didn't get it right, if you know what I'm saying. Um, and I'm not saying that one, so don't, don't hold me to that one. All right, bold predictions. Here we go. Number one, aforementioned Spencer Howard will be the second best starter on the Philadelphia Phillies this season. So uh, here's my rationale behind this. And again, bold predictions. Don't come at me. These are meant to be bold. Uh, I think Howard is the second most talented pitcher, maybe the third. You know, him, Wheeler, and Nola right there. But a um, little nervous about Wheeler. We'll get to that coming up, uh, uh, you know, for, for a couple of reasons. I'm still thinking Aaron Nola is going to be the best pitcher on this team. I, I think Nola just steps right in the middle of summer and warm weather. Nola is able to just cruise a little bit, and I think Aaron Nola is going to have a nice year for the Philadelphia Phillies. I think he's going to be a really good pitcher for the team, but 
I think after that, look, I think Wheeler's the, right now the second most talented pitcher. I think Spencer Howard is clearly third in terms of just pure talent. I don't think there's a question about that. And then I think Spencer Howard's going to come up and be successful immediately. I've said that from the jump. I think he comes up for game six. I think Bryce Howard, or excuse me, Bryce Harper, Bryce Howard, Bryce and Spencer. I love it as a love child. Uh, Bryce Harper um, obviously said on his Twitch channel, Spencer, I better be here by game six. I think he will be. I don't think Harper says that if he doesn't feel at least somewhat confident that's a real true possibility. I think Howard comes up. I think he doesn't miss a beat. And I think he's going to be a legitimate starter for this team. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to be good long term. Uh, I think he's going to end up being the best pitcher of the group of guys here. I think he'll be better than Nola, ultimately, long-term. Uh, I mean, and look, that's a leap. Nola's an all-star pitcher in baseball, but I think Seth Howard's ceiling, I should say, is higher than Nola. We still need to see him do it. He's never thrown a pitch in the majors, but I feel very confident in Howard and his ability to succeed, and I think he's going to go out there, and I think he's going to have a really nice year in this weird, shortened season. From what we've seen from so far, he looks just awesome. Uh, so Spencer Howard, the second-best starter on the Phillies this year. Bold! May as well do one of the bad bold predictions because it kind of ties in with this, too. One of my three bad ones. Zach Wheeler has an ERA over four this year. Uh, look, I don't think Wheeler's going to stink or anything like that, um, but I'm a little concerned about Wheeler's ability to go out and be a dominant pitcher all year this year for a few reasons. First and foremost, look, I'm not going to overreact to what we saw in an exhibition game from him or what we've seen in intra-squad games, but... He has a history of starting slow. Now, granted, that is in March and April, so it could be a cold weather thing. We don't really know, but he does have a history of starting slow. He is also having a baby at the very beginning of this season. And look, professional athletes can jump in and out of their personal lives and, and going and, and doing this you know, Herculean task that they're asked to do every night, and they're able to compartmentalize that. But as you know, if you listen to the show at all, that I think that the ability to compartmentalize, the ability to... Forget, not forget, compartmentalize the situation they're in right now with with the amount of outside pressure that is upon them this season with the COVID-19 situation and all that type of stuff. And and then to leave and go watch your, your, your child be born, your first kid born, and then have to leave your wife and kid to go back and do this, to be putting your child at risk every time you're out there. I mean, you're going to be you're going to be cognizant of that. You're going to be thinking about it more. And and again, I'm not saying that Zach Wheeler can't compartmentalize and, and go out and do his job. Again, I don't know enough about Zach Wheeler. We haven't had him here. I don't know about his mental toughness. All stuff, and I'm not insinuating that he doesn't have it. I really am not. I'm just insinuating that he it's a tougher spot for him than others in terms of being totally focused and ready to go this year. It just is. He's got more on his plate, so to speak. And then you add in the fact that he's a slow starter. And then you add in the fact that, look, one bad start could really make a four ERA for any pitcher, um, a much more realistic proposition. You know, a seven inning, see if you have 13 starts and in one of them you give up seven runs, it's going to be hard to get that ERA down, you know? So um, I think that, uh, I don't think Wheeler's bad, but I don't think he's as great as we expect this particular season. I think he comes back next year and is much better. Um, and again, look, there's, uh, I, hope, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. These are bold predictions. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people would expect Zach Wheeler to do better. And look, I, I hope he does better. I'm, I'm hopeful. And, and again, he might. I, this, is, this, is, this is the point of the bold predictions. This is not one of the ones I feel strongest about in terms of the bold predictions. But I do, um, I think that if you look at it and you have to, because uh, 
What's funny is as I do these bold predictions, maybe this takes you inside my soul or something like that. But I, I generally start to do the bold predictions and then I realized about, you know, five or six in, I'm like, oh, they're all positive. According to these bold predictions, the Phillies are going to be the best team ever. So you have to find a way to temper it a little bit and say, all right, let me, let me step back here a moment and see, actually, who do I feel less excited about in terms of comparing look what I expect from them to what I think a lot of people expect from them. And I, I think Zach Wheeler would be slightly on that list. Again, I'm not expecting him to be bad. I'm just not expecting him to be as good as Nola. And for bold prediction purposes, I think maybe he takes a step back because of a start here or a start there. All right, let's get back to some good ones. Scott Kingery takes a leap this year. And I guess that's a bit of a vague one, but hey, these are bold predictions. And I'm going to get very specific with a couple of these that are that are big, bold predictions. And I've already, you know, trying to make it a little bold here. So Scott Kingery takes a leap. I think Kingery in year three, um, and I know coming off COVID uh, makes it a little tougher. You know, he's had less time to kind of be fully in shape, fully ready. But I think Scott Kingery takes a step forward this year. I think focusing on just playing second base, we've already seen the uh, defensive upside that he has there. I mean, that play he made in that in that game was just an elite second base play, uh, elite type of defense there. And I think if he can just focus on the position that he feels most comfortable at. Again, I've talked about this a lot, but uh, I love the idea of versatile guys who move all around the diamond and do different things. But if that versatile guy doesn't feel as comfortable doing the other parts of the game because he's consistently worrying about all these different positions then that takes away from that value. And it does seem from everything we've heard, coaches, managers, players, whatever, that Scott Kingery seems like one of those guys who maybe will just feel a lot more comfortable if you just give him a chance to, for the first time in his major league career, stick at one position, play that position, his natural position, and and just go out and play baseball. So I think that works for Kingery. I think he takes a leap forward. I think he's a weapon for this team this year. I think he justifies that you know minor league rating he had and the the – uh, you know, historic contract the Phillies gave him prior to ever stepping foot on a major league field. I think Kingery justifies that this year. I think he takes a step forward. How big a step forward? I don't know. Um, for the purposes of bold predictions, I think he takes a pretty strong step forward. Jack Fritz's boldest prediction for the season that I've heard is Scott Kingery will lead the Phillies in war. That is a, a strong statement. I would not, I would not be that shocked. Um, but uh, I, I don't think it'll happen. But I do think Kingery takes a step forward and is a. Uh, a valuable Philly um, this year. All right, another bold prediction as we're on our third positive bold prediction. Hector Neris, top five National League closer. Not that bold, but, you know, if you're implying that top five AL, top five NL, more or less, you're talking about a top 10 closer. Hector Neris, more or less, will be a top 10 closer in Major League Baseball this year. Um, it's somewhat bold. It's not the boldest ever. It's pretty bold, though. I know a lot of people don't believe in Hector Neris. This is... Um, and again, maybe if he's not top 10, I think he's close to it. The point more here is to, again, as I've done before, but just to kind of hammer home that that I trust and believe in Hector Neris. You know, I, words that I did not think would be coming out of my mouth. Um, you know, there have been many times where I've said quite the opposite about Hector Neris, but I trust Hector Neris. I feel really good with Hector Neris as my closer. Again, he's the only person that bullpen I, I legitimately, truly trust on any sort of real level. And... Um, I think he's going to do a good job. You know, he's, he is the definitive closer heading into the season. Girardi has said it. He feels comfortable with the role. He can go out and just do his business. I think he's handily the best pitcher in this bullpen from a talent pitches stuff perspective. And I think that shows. And I think that, you know, we can kind of count on Hector Neris a little bit. I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar for this team, but I think he gets the job done. I think that by the end of the season, 
we look back and say, well, Hector Neris certainly wasn't the reason this team didn't make the playoffs, or Hector Neris really helped this team make the playoffs, or whatever. You know, I think that we're going to be talking about Hector Neris in positive tones. I think he's going to get the job done as a closer, and for that reason, Hector Neris, top five National League closer, top ten closer in baseball this season. Hector Neris, let's go. Um, all right, uh, another bold prediction. Number four, number six overall, number four uh, on the, the positive side. Alec Bohm will be an everyday player by the end of the season. Boom. Bold. Uh, I just think Bohm is one of the nine best hitters on this team. Uh, I think right now, stepping in immediately, and I think he'll prove that over the course of the season. Look, obviously there's injuries and stuff that can make this even more of reality, but I, I'm, I'm not necessarily basing this on that. Obviously it helps for a prediction purpose if there are multiple ways that things can happen, but I'm thinking more in a merit type of, of way that Alec Bohm, uh, by the end of the season, is in the lineup every day because he, he needs to be. And whether it's at first base, whether it's at DH, whether it's at third base, however it kind of plays out, I think that um, we're going to get to the point where Alec Bohm can't not be in the lineup, that this Phillies team needs Bohm out there, that he is one of your nine best hitters, that he gives you something, that he matters. And I, I just see it happening. I think Alec Bohm's a really, really, really good hitter already. I think he's ready. Uh, I'd like to see a little more pop from him. Um, but the dude's going to hit, and I think that by the end of the season, um, as the season plays out, they're going to see that Alec Bohm just keeps hitting, keeps hitting. He's going to get a chance. He's going to hit. And I think he's going to earn his way into the starting lineup. So uh, by the end of the season, Alec Bohm, an everyday player for the Phillies, which dovetails into another one of my one of my negative ones. Get to uh, another negative one. Um, as again, maybe Bohm plays a little first base later in the season. I don't think that this bold prediction is not that that he will be that bad that he will lose his spot in the lineup. But Reese Hoskins hits below 240 this year, and that's not that bold considering he had batted like 227 last year. But um, I just am not in on Reese being fully back. Uh, from what I've seen, I, I'm hopeful, but it just doesn't look like he has that same old confidence at the plate. I think. He'll be fine. I think he's going to hit some home runs. I think he'll still give you a little pop and all that, and I think he's going to be a, um, you know, one of the less less exciting members of this offense, so to speak, when you're hoping he will be one of the more exciting. And I, I do think that, you know, we've talked a lot about the swing factor nature of him as a player and how important he is. Um I just am not hopeful. I am I'm, I'm uh, hopeful is the wrong word. I am hopeful. I'm just not. I don't believe that Reese Hoskins is back. I don't really believe that Reese Hoskins is going to um, bring it from that perspective. Again, I hope I'm wrong. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, Hoskins comes out and just crushes it and says, "Ha ha ha!" That was a, the most um, fluky second half of all time, and I'm ready to roll. But I just uh, I need to see it. So, in terms of predictions, I'll say Reese Hoskins sub 240 average. I feel pretty good about that one. Again, I think he could still be a valuable hitter for them and still bat under 240. Um, but he's got to have a lot of pop. He's got to get on base. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I definitely think by the end of the season, though, Alec Bowman will be in the lamp. Um, whether or not it has to do with Reese, I don't know. Um, all right, four more to go. Uh, we'll, we have three more good and one bad. I'll go with one good, one bad, and then I'll rip off my two by far boldest predictions. Okay. Uh, this one is for you, Jack Fritz. Uh, Ramon Rosso ends up being the second best receiver in this bullpen this season. Uh, it's a pretty bold one, obviously. Uh, I do actually really think Jose Alvarez is going to be good this year, so this is not meant to kind of besmirch Jose Alvarez. It's more that, and I've talked about this, that, you know, this team's going to need uh, one of these young guys, Rosso, Jones, Clevenger, whoever it is, to step up and kind of 
be Sir Anthony Light. You know, Sir Anthony from a couple years ago, that guy kind of comes in out of nowhere and all, all of a sudden becomes your elite reliever type guy. And Ramon Rosso is the stuff to do that. And I think that given the chances, his stuff's going to play. And by the end of the season, he's going to be our, our most trusted non-Hector Neris reliever. Um, again, not to besmirch Jose Alvarez. I think that Jose Alvarez is a very, very good reliever, and I'm excited about him, and I feel confident when it comes to a game. But I just think one of these young guys is going to take a leap and be an, a crucial part of this bullpen. And Ross, so to me, seems like the most likely candidate of those types of guys. All right, uh, final bad bull prediction, as it were. Um, and again, this is kind of a, a more um, ineffable one, but... Zach Eflin struggles. Uh, I think Zach Eflin will disappoint this year. I'm I'm nervous about Eflin. Um, the fact that he is not fully ready to start the season, um, it appears that he's not going to be able to go deep into games to start. Um, you know, we've seen issues with Eflin before, the heavy body, all that stuff, when he's just not right, and he just doesn't look like the same guy. It feels like for Eflin, you know, everything kind of needs to line up for him to be the best version of Zach Eflin, and... Right now, from what we're seeing, and again, I've not seen much Zach Eflin, to be honest. You know, in Triscott, he's not really, we haven't seen much of him. Um, but from what you're hearing and, and what the potential is, I think, and just looking at the starting staff and saying, all right, if I expect Noel to be really good, if I expect Howard to be good, if I expect Velasquez to maybe be okay, if I expect Wheeler to not be terrible, but uh, maybe not be as good as, as people expect, but still give them stuff, especially towards the end of the season, get on a roll maybe. You know, at some point, one of these guys is going to disappoint an Arietta you're not expecting much from. Um, I think Eflin makes the most sense that that maybe he takes a bit of a step back. Is just unable to really get it rolling. And again, this is a a bold prediction. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Zach Eflin comes out and all the the talk was was meaningless. And he's awesome. All right, our last two, and these are the two boldest. There's no question about it. These most likely will not happen, um, but I'm going bold. Number one, JT Romito leads the National League in WAR. Uh, unexpected. Uh, probably not going to happen, but I'm going to go with the fact that if Romito plays enough, which I think he will, in a free agent season, that his value behind the plate, just like last season, look, he led the Phillies in war last season. Now he wasn't close to being the National League leader. You know, Bellinger, Yelich, those guys were way ahead of him. Um, but if Romito can bring the value he brings defensively, like he did last year, play a lot of baseball and... Again, the problem is it's really hard for a catcher lead the league more because they don't play as many games. But if he can DH when he's off, and if he can just have a rare offensive season, it looks like he's locked in. He's been great, you know, so far in, in intra squad and all that. It looks like I think Romito has a monster year. And again, I look him leading the National League more is such a long shot. It's by far the boldest prediction on this list, and it is by far the most not likely to come to pass. But I do think that it's just more to say that I think Romito's going to have a monster year. And of course, you know, with all the surrounding him and the situation, the signing on, um, of course he would, right? But I think he does. I think in this situation, I think Romito's such a pro, such a dedicated, uh, intense player that I think he's one of those guys who will be able to compartmentalize the situation and will be able to focus on baseball. And again, whether or not, you know, they're getting screwed by the free agent class or whatever, I mean, he's still playing for a contract for all intents and purposes. Um, I think Romito has an absolute monster season on both sides of the ball and ends up being one of the better players in the National League this year and makes it harder on the Phillies um, from a signing perspective, but I think he's going to be awesome. All right, my last bold prediction, which I'm sure if you've listened to me at all, you know what's coming your way because uh, I have 
talked about it a lot. I've tweeted it. I truly, genuinely believe it. And again, it is bold. It is a bold prediction because, you know, it's really hard to predict who's going to win the MVP, right? Uh, Bryce Harper's going to win the MVP this year. Let's go. Bryce Harper, your 2020 National League most valuable player. Let's go. That's a super bold prediction. Obviously, what's funny is that it's not even as bold as, as Romito leading the National League in war. I think it is more likely that Harper wins MVP, and it's what, like 12 to 1, 13 to 1 odds, something like that. I don't know. I haven't looked in a while. Um, but the odds are not great. I feel more likely about that than about Romito leading the National League in war. But um, look, I think the main point is I think Harper's going to have a monster year. I really do. I think Harper's locked in. I think he's ready to roll, age 27. Um, I think he's the perfect type of guy for this unique thing and that he is just, his whole life is baseball. It's always been baseball, and he just kind of is going to throw himself into it and, and be able to do what he does. Bryce Harper, MVP season. Let's go. All right, that was fun. Um, again, bold, bold, meant to be bold. If, if even a few of those good ones come true, we're in good shape. All right, uh, we will continue to talk Phillies this week. We'll look ahead. We will start to preview um, the actual season, look at the early season schedule, what the Phillies need to do, uh, how the lineup's going to shake out for, for game one, which we, we've talked a little bit about and kind of dive into. And then, of course, predict how the season will play out. Uh, so a lot more coming up this week. It's going to be a lot of fun as we actually lead up to a Phillies game this week. Let's go. Uh, so until then, until tomorrow, thank you for listening again to another edition of Phillies Today. Again, stay safe, stay healthy, and thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.